0: whisper just talk to your father say father i want you to open the eyes of my understanding i want you to speak to my heart i want you to minister to me just say holy spirit minister to me heavenly father have your way in me start off with a question just to get our minds working for some of us just to want us to just to get us to think some of us we have the answer off the cuff we can just see what exactly it is and i'll ask this question as a believer that you are do you have a tendency to stray do you have a tendency to wander do you have a tendency to miss the mark do you have a tendency to do so i'm asking the question you can give the answer verbally or you can just say it in your mind praise god and and I'm saying this because nowadays you see people. I don't know. I don't know about you, but there are people that you went to secondary school with, the people that you grew up with, that were fervent and yeah, on fire. Then at some point in time, you can't tell what exactly it is that's going on. Or there are people that you follow that you see everything is going well, their life is on fire, and then all of a sudden, it's just it's a different thing if it wasn't there, right? And there are some people that you see they were not that serious, but now they're on fire for God. It just tells you that something can happen along the way, praise God, because we're in this world that is sinful and we're in this world that we can lose sight or we can be distracted by things, praise God, we can be distracted by things and it's true that we can actually go astray and how quickly we find our way back on track is a function of growth, praise God, how quickly you are able to find your way back is a function of growth and maturity, praise God, And that's why we read and we see scripture causes us to keep setting our minds on things that are above. Setting our minds on things that are godly. Because what we set our minds on, on has a tendency to affect the way we live. Praise God. Has a very strong tendency to affect the way we live. And when we fail to set our minds on things that are above, guess what happens? What sets in is the fact that you start living like what you are not. Praise God. Because you have professed yourself to be a Christian, you professed yourself to be Christ-like, but you're seeing something else. And we're in a world where we have social media. We have a lot of things that we see online. And Pastor Victor has been encouraging us that really, you have when you marry someone, they influence you, right? Not just marrying. There are friends that you have that are influencing you already. Praise God. There are people that you have around you. There are things that you constantly look at that is already influencing you. And it's just a matter of time you start becoming what you are beholding consistently because it has to happen over time. It's like you don't even see it until you wake up one day and then you're saying certain things and your friend is asking you, where did that come from? But it has been happening underneath. Praise God. So we, if we don't allow the new life we have gotten, I think we read, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, All things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. The old thing is passed. We have the new. Praise God. And now that we have the new that's how we should go how we should live our lives how we should express that which we say we are praise god and i would like us to see very quickly first corinthians 13 verses 33 first corinthians 13 verses 33 in the new King james version it says don't be deceived evil company corrupts good habits it says don't be deceived, meaning that we have a tendency to n- overlook it, right? You say, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just it's just a friend. There's nothing that serious. It's just a... It's nothing serious. We have a tendency to undermine the tendency or the ability of something to influence us. You say, no, 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 no Pastor, it, it will not happen. God forbid. We can just pass it over and... and What we can't see is the build-up to the point where it gets matured and then we can see the evidence of what exactly it is you have been working on or has been working on you. Praise God. Let's look at Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13. Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13. I like it in the NLT. Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13. Thank you. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Just leave leave it here. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. I want you to see what it says here. It says, You should work hard. Can you work hard by not working hard? (laughs) Can you work hard by not working hard? And we know that work hard entails work. You know, when you tell a student study hard, you know that if they don't study hard, the result is in the results. Praise God. The result is in the final outcome, and some of us wait till the end of the semester to see the results, right? And that time is late. They say you can't, it's too late to cry when the head is cut off. Because by that time it's, it's gone. So he says work hard to show the results of your salvation. If you are saved, there's your responsibility. Praise God. There is your responsibility. God is not going to come down from heaven after he has sent his son to die for you. To come and walk the walk for you. It's like I give you exam questions and then you want me to come to the exam and be solving the questions for you. It doesn't really tell that I trust you to have done your own part after I did my own part. And that is what it's saying to us practically. And how you do it is obeying God with deep reverence and fear. With deep reverence and fear. The fear there is not the fear of trembling. Praise God. The fear there is not a fear of trembling. Quickly, I want to just go to a scripture in 1 John 4, 4, verses 18. 1 John 4, verses 18. 1 John 4, verses 18. It says, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. I want it in Amplified. It says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. Because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. Praise God. When you have not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love, you are scared. Not just of what God will do to you, but what situation and circumstances can do to you or is able to affect you. Praise God. When you are afraid, it means that you, you are lacking not just love for God, but trust also in God's ability to deliver you from that situation. Praise God. I don't know whether I'm speaking to someone, but I want you to understand that there is no situation that you step into that takes God by surprise, right? There is there's no situation that happens to you that God is like, Hey, his hands are on his head. Like, What is going on here? How did my daughter get here? But God is very much concerned and He says your understanding, not that it's not saying God's understanding, your understanding of His love is able to take fear out of the equation. Praise God. So quickly, let's go to First Peter two, verses eleven and twelve. What we're looking at is what growth, how growth and our understanding of God is able to keep us in check. He said, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world. To abstain from sensual urges, those, dishonor, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles. Conduct yourself honorably, with graciousness and integrity, so that for so that for whatever reason they may slander you as evildoers. Yet by observing your good deeds, they may instead come to glorify God in the day of visitation. That is when God looks upon them with mercy. Praise God. It says, let, what it says, it says your conduct amongst unbelievers. And sometimes we have a tendency to act like the people, we have a tendency to act like the people that you say you are different from. You said you, you carry the title christian but you're acting very different from them and it has a way of miscommunicating you you can't be wearing a different club jersey and playing for a different team right is that, does that, you know just so so he's what he's trying to say is that he's trying to of uh, paul was speaking about damas Demas was somebody that was Paul, really of the scripture. this was somebody that served with him i would like us to not be distracted regardless of what exactly this is happening the lights going up and on the word of the lord is the light praise god, the light god is the light so demas was someone that was working with paul in the ministry player will just turn again because you don't trust what that player can do <laughs> I was trying to avoid using this illustration, but let's just go. With, let's just go with it. Where you say you are supposed to live a certain kind of life, and then what you are doing now is you're living something contrary to it. Praise God! You're living something contrary to that it means that, as a believer, is how you live your life, and the evidence of it is seen in the results. Right? It's seen in the results that is evident to all. It's not. It's not what we can say maybe. And, and when you're living like that, nobody will trust you, right? Nobody will trust you. Nobody will count on you to do what you are expected to do. Praise God. And I would like us to look at 2 Timothy 4, verses 10. 2 Timothy 4, verses 10. It says, For them as having loved... The pleasures of this present world has this, has deserted me. That's Paul speaking, and so so he's what he's trying to say is that he's trying to. Uh, Paul was speaking about Damas. Demas was somebody that was a coworker. We other really parts scripture. This was somebody that served with him i would like us to not be distracted regardless of what exactly is happening the lights going up and on the word of the lord is the light praise god okay. Okay. The lord is the light so demas was someone that was working with paul in the ministry and what has happened was that the love of this world has gotten him to the point where he had gone astray he had strayed off the path and he, he was doing some other things he said the problem there was Love that he had for the things of the world. The love that he had for the things of the world. Going back to what I said earlier, where someone can be serving faithfully and things can happen along the way, and you can't say what exactly because you can't diagnose, but you can know that things can start because you, you only see it when the person walks away. Praise God. You only see it when the person disappears. You can't find the person, but it starts from somewhere. Praise God. People don't just change overnight, things happen step after step after step. And what we're going to be doing, looking at the scripture in Luke 15, is we're going to pick for ourselves certain things that you can see and check for yourself whether you are starting to or about to, praise God, from the parables that Jesus Christ was speaking here. So I'll quickly read to us how it starts in Luke 15, verses 1. It says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him, to hear him. All the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. He says, the tax collectors and other NLT the tax collectors and other notorious sinners. He uses, I love the fact that he calls them notorious sinners. Often come to listen to Jesus teach. Often come to listen to Jesus teach. And this is what sometimes we can think the word of God. When Jesus gathers, you'll be thinking that it's only good people that should come around. Praise God. It's only the people that, that already have Jesus come around, right? People that love him and people that you share around. But what we see here is that even the people that are the most unlikely to, for you to find in those meetings, you see them show sure, up, right? Because what Jesus Christ says time after time is the fact that he's sent to those who are lost, right? To those who need him. It's like, you need him, that's why you are going to find him. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And these people are not your likely because the tax collectors, if you are there in that time, they were like, these people, as the name implies tax collectors, they're collecting tax. And the problem with them is not that they collect the exact amount of the tax, they add extra on top of the tax. Mm-hmm. So so people are like, these are not the people, like when, when they're around, you they see that, that man. The last time I was supposed to, he, he charged me extra because I knew what my friend paid. You, you you, you, could tell, and then the sinners, there are a lot of people that can be categorized on that. Sometimes you see tax collectors and halos, so tax collectors and prostitutes. And if you, after you, like, Some chapters going forward, in chapters 19, you see that there was another tax collector in the name of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, there was something that attracted these people to him. Praise God. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, we have a church where believers just come to church, people are comfortable, and you don't want to speak about God, you don't want to even invite your friend that you know that this person believes Jesus to church. And somehow we make even the church uncomfortable for people that really need Jesus. Praise God. Mm-hmm. They come and when the person comes and the person needs Jesus, they'll be saying, look at that one. I saw her yesterday somewhere mm-hmm. here. I saw him yesterday. I saw him. Look at the way he's dressed. Self. We, just, we just have a tendency to want to push people away that should come to Christ. Praise God. When you see somebody acting on like Christ, you know that the... the the diagnosis for that is that like this person really in Jesus. The drug you should administer to that person is Christ. Praise God. Because that is what is going to solve the problem you are seeing. And, and God doesn't invite you to be perfect to show up, right? Notice that these people were broken. These people are most likely, if you, you say, okay, the person is most likely the person was broken and the person is in that profession or that life. But we see in scripture that even setting in the videos who are in that tree, in fact, we, generally of Jesus, we have rehab right we have rehab and anywhere you see rehab is rehab the haloth mm-hmm. that's our son that <laughs> <laughs> you see rehab the have and you'll be thinking to yourself why would they put that why don't they find a surname and put <coughs> just to why why don't they find you, you 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 understand that christ comes to seek and save the lost, right mm-hmm. so whatever state you are in you need him but you don't stay that way, as we're saying. You're not in one team and playing with the jersey of the other team. You don't want to do that. You have an identity now that is different from the identity you once had. And what they come to do is to listen to him teach, right? They come to listen to him teach. But we have believers that come to church to hear themselves or to enjoy good music. They don't want the Word of God to really minister to them. It takes. Humility for someone to come to hear someone speak. Praise God. Amen. It takes humility for someone to come to hear someone speak. There are a lot of us we we talk. It's almost like we have every we have we always have something to say. We know everything. We talk about everything. But there are times where if you want to learn, you have to be quiet and listen to someone speak. Praise God. You have to be quiet. And I don't know about you, but when Jesus is speaking, I want to listen. Right. Because I know that he is the wisdom of God, meaning that he has something that is beyond what Mm -hmm. I have. Praise God. Mm -hmm. He has something that is beyond what I have. Praise God. So, in the next verse, as I was saying, it takes humility for you to hear God, right? For you to come and listen to him. In the next verse, we see a group of people. It says, and the tax collectors and scribes, complained, saying, they complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Even goes as far as eating with them. And as I said earlier, humility, this, understand the fact that you have a need, brings you to that place where you seek help, right? Standing, and we see that very clearly in Matthew. Matthew 5, verses 3. It's the B attitude. We call it the B attitude, right? The attitudes that we should carry or have as believers. The first on that is the is the is the what we see here. It Says blessed. I read it from the Amplified. It says blessed, happy to be envied, spiritually prosperous, with joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Regardless of their outward conditions, are poor in spirit. Uses the word humble. Who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Humble, rating themselves insignificant doesn't mean that they don't have value, right? They just value what they are seeking more than what they have. Praise God. They value what they are seeking more than what they have. They are poor. Anybody that knows what poor is, if you use poor, when you're using poor to qualify people, who has money and who doesn't have, you we say if this person is rich, this person has more money. If this person is poor, and even if you have more money in the group of people that have more than you, you'll be categorized as poor. Praise God. Because the, the spectrum is wide and the people that are rich want to get richer. The people that are poor want to attain the height of the people that are rich. So we have this strata. And this is not poverty of the money that we understand. This is poverty. They know there's a spiritual yearning and desire that they want and they know that it's only God that can satisfy it. And then they come to him for that. Praise God. And the people that we see here as the tax collectors and sinners, NLT says the notorious sinners, they know that the only person that can save them from their poverty is Christ Jesus. And the word of God is what is able to do that. But we see another category of people, they are there only to complain about the activity of the crusade and what God was doing in the midst of all of this. And as we're walking through all of this, I want you to picture yourself as where are you in this story? And I'm not calling you a tax collector, neither am I calling you a sinner. If you're saved, you're a saint, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is that if you still, because what brought you into the faith is what will keep you in the faith, right? Yes. If you are saved because you humbled yourself to receive him, what keeps you in it? is still that humility to always hear him speak to you praise god Amen. anytime you're not listening to him speak to you you're listening to yourself and what happens when people listen to themselves is that they drown in themselves and and, the, and when challenges come you don't have you don't have the sufficient capacity for yourself to get yourself out of the problem praise god Amen. but we serve a god that is almighty we serve a god that looks at people that are not the likely people but put them in a position where they are unlikely right they, they, he qualifies the unqualified Praise God. He brings them into that and, and these people were, and what they were complaining about is understandable given their, what they had running, the system they had running. These were people who are the custodians, they were the people that taught the law and when they see somebody breaking the law, they were the police of that time, they say this person is a sinner, that person is a sinner. And, and it's and you see it so many times, these people will not be allowed into the synagogue because they feel they're not worthy to come into the synagogue. And what Jesus Christ was doing, will make him look like he's not religious because why will you be entertaining these people? Why will you be entertaining these people? So he will come and then, they will come and say things like, oh, because him having an event and having these people come is one sin. The other sin is eating with them. I don't know about you. When you when you, when you, you are eating with someone, there's a level of, your relationship has moved from high, high, when you invite somebody over, it, there's more. And then you give them food. You know, there are some people that will come to your place, you give them water, and then that's it. Praise God for some people. Because that's what you have for them, right? <laughs> for, them, for them. But there are people that will come to your place, you will be unjust to just have them come and then just leave like that. You want to make them more comfortable so that they will come again next time. And some people, you know, you don't want them to come again next time, so you just do what you need to do to ensure that they never come back. But, but Christ is not like us, the way we behave sometimes. <laughs> We see him hosting them and even going ahead to eat with them. And in the culture back then, that was, when you eat with somebody, it's like you accepted everything of them. Praise God. And some of us, we eat with certain people, but we don't accept everything of them, which now confuses, which goes back to the analogy of you wearing one jersey and playing the other jersey. If you are not friends with, if you don't agree on this theme, you shouldn't be close to that point where you're eating with them. And we see an example in Acts 11 where they even had to invite Peter to explain himself. What took him to the house of Colinius, of all people, you decided to go to that man's house, you know he's a Gentile. And by our rules, our our tradition, our culture, you shouldn't eat with that kind of a person. Explain yourself. Praise God. Because they understand that there's a problem when you, as a Jew, carry yourself, is bad enough. If they came and met you and gave you food and you say let's eat, you, might, you can say, okay, I, it's not meal. I did not, I did not know. He, just invi- he, he brought the food and said, let's eat. But this one, he carried himself to the house of colonius and then ate. In fact, that wasn't even the bone of God. That was the, God. <laughs> well, the things that happened afterwards. And, and, and in that context, eating with a person will mean that you accept the person and that was what Jesus Christ did because he wasn't he was he wasn't in that he was in that system but he was not of that system and what he came was beyond what he came with was what was beyond what they had praise god and we see him coming and we see him accepting these people eating with them and he was the host of the event he was there and he had a mission he had a job he had he had what he had a mission he had a job and he was going to do it and nothing was going to stop him from doing it praise God and my challenge to us is this my challenge to us is this when you have a calling or a thing that God has set you to do or an instruction that he sent you to do regardless of what culture God should reign or rank supreme over what culture is telling us praise God what culture is telling us because you you can you can you can get into trouble with culture, but you don't want to get into trouble with the instruction that is given to you by something hi- by someone higher than the culture. Praise God. So to further this, I want us to see why, because what he goes, what Jesus Christ goes further to do is to tell a parable, which in some translations you see a story. He goes further to tell a parable, which is a story, and it was not by accident. And it, what you see is, even scriptures in the Old Testament tells us of him speaking in the parables that he spoke. And I like us to read very quickly Psalms seventy-eight verses two. Psalms seventy-eight verses two. Psalm 78, verse 2, it says, For I will speak to you in parables, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Hidden lessons from our past. This is the NLT. For I will speak to you in parables, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. And if we... Take it a bit forward. Let's go to the very um, familiar parable that most of of the times we, we, in Matthew. Let's go to that parable in Matthew. Matthew 13. We see him in 10 and 12. Matthew 13. We see him in 10 and 12. When his disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? Why do you speak in parables? Matthew 13, 10 and 12. The The disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Why do you use parables when you talk to people? And he replied, "You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not." When someone says you are permitted to understand the secrets, secret doesn't mean that is secret. Doesn't mean that what he says because in the in the Psalms it says hidden, right? Secret is something that is hidden. But to It's like if I was speaking a language you didn't understand, the people that understand that language will not have a problem. Right? Will not have a problem. But if... People that understand language will not have a problem. People that don't understand the language will now be asking, what, what did he say? Sometimes they are singing a song you don't understand what they're saying. Some of us don't want to even try because... You don't want to swear for yourself. You don't want to swear, just cause yourself because you're not sure what the language is. But when the media team decides to put the and then you read the words, you are no you participate in it, right? And sometimes when you have these gatherings, what Jesus Christ will do is he wants you to lean in to what he's saying. And some of some of the times the people that are, you, you don't want to just give everything away. What he does, what he does was that it was hidden so that people will be desirous to know right people will be desirous to know there's one part there's a part where you don't want <laughs> some the, your people because when he has these crowds you have the Pharisees and you have the and the, the Sahindrian and all of us you have all of those people hanging around you don't want them to pick up and move with something that will not that what they will just have is something to label he said this because that was what they that was what they always do. They were always seeking for ways to trick him always seeking for ways to tempt him sometimes they're the ones ask asking questions in the 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 conference. They will just be just raise their hands, ask questions. Teacher, what of this one? And sometimes the questions will even you that's reading your Bible, you'll be like, Why did they ask this kind of questions? I don't I don't understand why they are going in that direction, but he's loving and most times he knows why they're asking the questions and he gives the answers that best suits. But what I want us to see in the parables is the heart of all the parables, and what the parables does is that it points us to the kingdom, right? Points us to Christ. Most of the times, all the parables you see is parables and he always will round it up kingdom, kingdom. It just draws your attention to what is this kingdom? Who are we going to have access? Who can we have access to this kingdom through? And then you just see what keeps happening all the time is the fact that when people gather like this, he shares. And what what he does is that he invites us to feast, he invites you, he invites everybody to come and join in. Come and taste of the love and the mercy of God through his communications. And that is what the people felt. That's why every time he organizes something, they keep coming. Praise God. Because if you went, if you don't feel loved in the last meeting you went, most of the times when you go to a meeting, like, we're not going there again. If they organize anyone, even if they begged us that in are free spaces, we're not coming. Because it did not bless you in any way. Praise God. And sometimes we, in church, we understand that we have the capacity to make people, well, that's why I love the, instead of you say, feel at, feel at home. Feel at home. Feel, feeling at home is a good thing. But, but I like the use of the word, use, saying it as be at home, right? Be at home because when you come and you feel at home, you, you, when you come and you say feel at home sometimes you don't even feel at home Some, sometimes when you go to your there are places you don't even feel like it right but being at home is regardless of what is happening you know that there's something for you there's something that will bless you and that was it for any time these people gathered there was something about god that kept bringing them back for those meetings because there was something that was blessing their lives praise god Amen. and the first of the parables quickly the first of the parables is the parable that we see of the lost, the lost sheep. The first parable is the parable we see of the lost sheep, and that parable is not. It appears there, Jesus Christ uses uses it to point them to to the love of the Father, the love of Him who is the Good Shepherd, because in in ten in John ten verses ten in John ten verses eleven, right? Scripture tells us He jesus christ speaking says i am the good shepherd i am the good shepherd the good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep and you'll be thinking that that's the only time even the prophet ezekiel in ezekiel 34 verses 10 11 and 12 also speaks of this shepherd he was contrasting the two the shepherds the irresponsible shepherd against the good shepherd and he says this he says Thus the Lord say the thus says the Lord God, indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flocks on the day he is amongst his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them all from the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. That is Ezekiel thirty four as is eleven and twelve. Ezekiel 34 verses 11 and 12, and this same parable we see it in Matthew 18 verses 11 and 14. The same parable that he was speaking about the first part of it. He says, and he says in 11 that for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Even so, it even so it is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish, that one of these little ones should perish. And Jesus Christ here. in in John 10 verses 11 says I am the good shepherd I am the good shepherd the shepherd seeks and lays down his life and that is what he did for us to have access to him praise God and he says the, the, the value he places on the sheep is what makes the good shepherd go to that extent of going to seek for it he places the value upon the sheep note that if you're to think about it, imagine that you you are in his situa- You're in, in his position where you lose a ship. Note that it will not take you one day, two days. Because if you had gone through a trail back then, it was not like a, like you, you you will be in one place and then you move and then what happens is that the ship is following grass and then all of a sudden the ship is lost. Because the sheep wasn't part of the fold, and and I want us to understand that the shepherd would make his way to go and find a means to find this sheep and bring it back, and it takes a lot, and that is why he says a good shepherd will risk and lay down his life for the sheep. Our, div- our, our, our divine shepherd's love, that is Jesus Christ's love for the creation, goes the value is beyond what we can comprehend if we think about it deeply and understand the extent that the sheep, the extent. Christ came for us to have the salvation that we have if we do hold on to have and hold on to praise God so I want us to understand that you're coming to him your are coming to him is a function of him having sought you praise God you're coming to him is a function of him having sought you you don't it's not because you came, then you saw him, and then that happened. He was doing the seeking. As a shepherd, he goes out to find the sheep. In fact, the sheep self will not even know he's lost. Yes, he might figure it out when he's not seeing the rest of the sheep. And most of the time, when you, your head is on the grass, you will not see anything until when your head is off the grass, you have a belly full of grass, and now insecurity, you'll be looking for where, what's, where are we, what's, what's happening and, and, and that's where we come to a point where I want us to quickly, because we don't have much time, I want to very quickly contrast the shepherd and then the lost son the shepherd and then the prodigal son I want to contrast this very quickly and we see very, we see very good similarities between the two stories because one is the sheep that most, most likely was grazing and then left the fold And when I say this, I'm saying this not to, you know, we can want to say, oh, I'm not lost or anything. But as I said earlier, you have a tendency to stray in your walk with Him because you have to stay with Him to grow, right? You can't grow outside of Him. You can't grow beholding something else. You grow beholding Him. You grow studying His Word. You grow praying. You grow gathering with God's people like this. Praise God. The moment you decide for one thing or the other to stray away, the son wanted to see what was happening in the far country. Praise God. And he went far away. And both of them were lost. One of them was the desires, the lustful desires that took him far away. The other is probably food. And food or pursuit of money has a tendency or pursuit of one thing or the other has a tendency to place itself above God. And what happens is that it, you, you don't see it until it's 100%. what will vanish? The person will vanish and you will not see them. Praise God. 100%, you will not see them and then you now have to go looking for them. And what I want to bring our attention to is the fact that Psalms 23 says something very beautifully. And I I superimpose the Amplified with the NLC because I love the two of them together. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. It said, To feed, to guide, and to shield me. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, To guide and to shield me, I shall not want. The NLT now adds that I have all that I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because what he's going to be doing for me is that he's going to be feeding me. So if he's not the one leading me, I'm in trouble. Praise God. If he's not the one leading me, I am in trouble. So if I trust the leading of this good shepherd of mine, then I will not lack anything. Right? I will not have I will not uh, I will have all that I need. Praise God. I will have all that I need. And another thing very quickly is that both of them were far away from home. Both of them were far away from home. Far away from home and in that far away from home they were stranded. Praise God. They were stranded. The ship was stranded. The son too was stranded far away from home. One very important thing is that they were in a hopeless state, right? They're in a hopeless, helpless situation. But there's no situation that is too hopeless and helpless for God to intervene. We just finished reading Psalms 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have. Even when you stray, he will find you and bring you back. Praise God. And as I said, the strain can happen one, two, three. Before you know it, you are in Guinea. It takes time, it builds up. So when it's happening, you might not, you know, some people, that's why I said your growth and maturity will help you come back before you get to Guinea. Praise God. Your growth and maturity will bring you back on track before you get to Guinea. And for some people, it's brewing, right? The things you're allowing, the things you're letting in, is building up to it. When it manifests, you you just find yourself in a far country, praise God, in a far country, and then you will now need a lot of prayer, fasting, and a lot of things to... God will now start using his GPS to trace where exactly it is you are. Send all the pastors, just go and find this child because they are gone. In fact, they are crying. You don't want to be Jonah in the belly of a fish praying, and then God now will have to talk to the fish to send you to the place where you truly belong. Praise God. <laughs> that is that is it. And, and for the for the child, for the lost son, I love, I love, I love how the scripture says that the son... You know, for the sheep, this shepherd goes and finds him, but for the son, the son came to himself. In other words, the son got sense, he reasoned, he come like his sense came to him. And when, and the only way sense can come to you is by the help of God. Praise God. Amen. Some of us, what we are doing, we think that we're sensible. You know, when somebody is doing the wrong thing and they say, see, you don't understand. I've done my calculation. I've done my calculation, I've plotted my graph, my slope is on point. My slope is very on point. So if I show you my slope, you, you'll be impressed. But the thing about it is that <laughs> you need to come to your senses, to understand. And what brought him to his senses was hardship. Praise God. Amen. What brought him to his senses was hardship. And sometimes the hardship you're in, God is just waiting for you to see the road back home. Praise God. Amen. Because that one, the this, the this son, this son doesn't need anybody to tell him that he's lost. Praise God. Amen. doesn't he need anybody telling. He is himself that told himself that see, in your father's house, even your servant, even your father's servant, if you are dead, they will even give you something. Your servant will give you something. And, and, and he came to himself. I love how the scripture tells us in verses, verses 17. It says he came to himself and reasoned with himself. And I want you to reason with yourself and, and with God's help. Ask him, what areas, what areas are you trying, or is it, is there something, right? What area is the devil trying to put something? Praise God. Or what area are you holding on to from your past that is affecting your growth going forward? Praise God. And what I love also is the fact that the attitude of the son, that gets me every time. The attitude of the son when he was leaving and the attitude of the son when he came back. Very big difference. I want you to see with me. I want you to see, I want from the King James. Luke 15 verses 12, New King James. Luke 15 verses 12, New King James. I'll, I'll read it to us. Luke 15 verses 12, it says the younger son, the younger of them said to the father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided it, it said, give me, right? Yes. Give me. That is the, that communicates his attitude. Give me, give me. And then see what he says in 19. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me make me what will take you from give me to make me (laughs) what will take move you from give me to me and some of us in our relationship with god we are in the give me give me give me every time you give me give me i want this i want that i need this i need that for a change Do make me. Mm. Praise God. Do make me. Make me more like you. Mm. Help me to be loving. Mm. Help me to be caring. Mm. Just shift the focus from yourself to God Mm. for a change. Amen. Praise Mm. God. Even if I close here, Mm. I believe someone was ministered to. (laughs) Because, Because with give me, you will collect. I love I love I love what John Piper said and I, I just I saw it I think I was looking I think I saw it it says where Christ isn't treasured he's is been used where Christ isn't treasured he's is being used. What the son at this point was just looking for was he said just share the property and back then it was you can't, like you cannot, like you asking your father in, that is alive to give him, in fact, even now say it was the same thing. you saying, you are just saying die and give me inheritance. And you collect it and what you now do is that you now, it's, the bab did not, he didn't waste time. He traveled. He went to the, it's like that was a plan already. And then he executed the plan. And then he spent it and this is another very important point I would like to mention and resound to us: The fact that he went to a far place He didn't have, he was not, he lost his connection to the source, which is his father, right? Mm -hmm. And what now happened is that in a place where he was spending, scripture says he was spending, spending, spending without replenishing, spending, spending till everything is spent. And then the Bible says he was now, there was famine, and then he now attached himself to a a person that is from the place, and then the person now sends him to now feed pigs. And and (laughs) of all the professions, it's pigs. And in the Jewish settings, you going to walk on somebody's pig is a haram. You're not supposed to even eat it. You know what you're not, you're not able to eat, you now come and start rearing it for the person. That is how low. From here, from give me, to the place where make me was brewing and then make me now finally happen. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this can happen in the life of a believer where... You are seven, right? It can happen because I don't think I have the time to go there. But you are seven, which I'll tie it into the part where you can be like the coin, where you are in a house and you are still lost. Like right? you're in a house, and the owner is trying to find you. The owner is trying to find you. Or you are the other son, where you are in the house, but you still don't understand what your father, who your father is, or what your father is, or the things your father own is yours. You don't. He doesn't need to give you anything. What you have is his. Praise God. Meaning that you can be spending, spending and not replenishing. You are serving in church, you are a pastor, you are serving in church but you are always giving but not having time with God to replenish. You are always giving, you are always working. Some of us, we don't even do anything, we are just there, we come in and out the same way. Praise God. You have to come to a place where you are spending, you are dispensing and you are replenishing as you are. The Bible says when we, come to gathering, when we come to gathering, we are refreshed. Praise God. There's something that is poured into you when you listen to the word of God. Praise God. There's something that changes. There's a pouring that happens when meetings like this is happening. Something is poured into you. You are refreshed. When you are down, you come back up. But that was not there. But it brings him, and it's in your loss. it's in, as we talked about, it's in poverty that you realize your need. It's in that lack that you realize your need and it brings you back to your father. It brings you back to our father. And what can happen is that for some of us, it can take hours to get ourselves back. Days, get yourself back. Weeks, get yourself back. Months, get yourself back. Worst of years, you're trying to find your way back. And no matter what, God will still be waiting patiently, right? God will still be waiting patiently to bring us back on track, and when you go to a far place, that far place there's waste, there's degradation, there's no full out working. You, what you, what's just happening sooner or later, you get to the point where, as we said, you will be depleted and you'll be all and you'll be over and out. But in that state, in that desperation, what God does is that He finds a way to get you back to the Father. And what I love about what happened was that the Father wasn't. The father was longing for the son to come back. Praise God. The father was longing for the son to come back. And the Bible says that a mile off, he saw him. A mile off, he saw him and he ran to him. He didn't even wait for the son to give his speech. He hugged him, welcomed him, kissed him. And the Bible says with compassion. Meaning that he misses this boy so much that he hugs him, he robes him, gets a ring, arranges for a feast. And that is the love or the heart of a father. Praise God. That is the heart of a father. He's not saying, even the shepherd too, the same thing. He doesn't beat the sheep. Why, 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 like, why did you put me through this stress? What if a wild animal had eaten me or eaten you? He brings the sheep back regardless of all these things and, uh, 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 and re- brings his friends and he rejoices. In the son's case, he throws a party and he kills a fattened calf for, to celebrate this person coming back. And I'd like us to, in closing, I'll just close it here. In closing, I want you to, if there's nothing, understand that there's a mentality or there's an attitude of a believer at this point. You can be in the house and you still are doing give me, give me. But what God wants us to move to is that place where we are humble because it takes humility to say make me. And, And making you will make you into what he wants, not what you want. Praise God. Because most times we want to have it our way. We want to have it the way we want to have it. But with God, he, wants, he knows the best for you and he knows what you need at every point in time in your life. Praise God. So I'd like us to just close our eyes. And if there's no prayer... You want to pray, just pray, Father, make me. Make me, make me, make me into what you want me to be. Make me into someone more like you. Make me into someone more like you. Make me into your image. Make me into your, I want to serve, I want to be an instrument in your hand. Make me into that threshing instrument that will break down things. Make me into that individual, that person that will shift things, shift me to that place where it's no longer what I want, is what you want for me. Heavenly Father, I ask that you will do what you are able to do. Their are hearts desirous of you. We come, which we come to you humbly. And we're asking that you do the work in us, the work that only you can do, the transformative work that only you can do, the changes that only you can do. To help us, to save us from a situation where we are far gone, in a distant place. But bring us to that place where it's only you that we see. It's not it's not the, the food, it's not the, the the challenges, it's not the pressures, but it's just you and you alone. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we bless your holy name, we worship you. We exalt you, we magnify you because you are indeed a great God. You are indeed a mighty God and there is nothing that is too hard for you to do. There is nothing that is beyond your capacity. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.